you know, the more I, <laughs> I dropped this about Alaska and I'm, uh, I'm thinking there's so, so much more to Alaska. I mean, you know, if you start at the center point of uh, Anchorage, you go north, go to uh, Fairbanks, go to the tundras, tundra. Um, think go east. I know from there we used. It was all about highway too. <laughs> And uh, from uh, Anchorage, you could also go south to uh, go around the Turnigan Arm or Cook Inlet. That uh, highway that take you along, that beautiful highway. You got a waterfall. We used to stop there. You can walk under the waterfall. They got the um, glacier not too far off the highway. And the uh, mountain, mountain just rolls off into the uh, ocean. I know, and the highway cut into the side of it. <clears throat> but the trees, the trees are fucking massive. Now I've seen redwoods, and the redwoods are fucking gigantic. And I mean, I don't think there were any trees like the redwoods up there. I mean, as far as on the scale of the redwoods with the trunk, it's the biggest fucking um, shit. You know, they're pretty damn big. If I had to say the biggest trunk I've seen was about the width of a project house. And the other one was maybe ranging from half there to maybe a little bigger. I'm talking about a big, big one. But, or, or you know, ranging starting from the width of a uh, car. But, you know, I that's in the Redwood Forest, but up there they still got massive amount of trees. And uh, Charles used to live in the, uh, I say in the woods. He bought, they bought, him and his wife bought some property back there and they lived back there and they had their little son. I think they had one son, two sons, I don't know. Son and the daughter, I don't know. But anyway, they uh, we just they invite us back there, barbecue, beer, and um, we would ride the dirt bike. That's where I learned how to ride a motorbike back there up there in Alaska. And going through that, and then <laughs> I, I was so inexperienced riding the damn bike, I didn't even know the damn bike was on the flat, the back tire. But you know, I've uh, experienced a lot of some of the first moose meat. Uh, some of my first taste of things were up there, as I said, with the fish. And that's more or less what I think. But so I, that's all that was actually in my mind. But then I thought later, shit, I mean, that fish burger. I mean, not fish burger. Yeah, that too, but uh, um, the uh, moose burger, moose steak, I mean, buffalo. And I don't even think no buffalo was up there. But all kind of shit, you know, and I mean... I experienced it all, and they had a big hunting season up there, and you know, hunting as well as fishing. A lot of people did their hunting during the summertime, and you know, despite the work they had to do, a lot of them did their hunting and you know, supplied their home. But you know, it's kind of hard to do when a lot of them 
had jobs and they also was the uh, pipeline going strong up there a lot of people worked on the pipeline and I think that ran through the tundra you know I've seen it before but but we we took a ride one day me and Angela we took a ride up to uh towards Fairbanks or somewhere where we was you know at not the base of a but maybe about 50 miles or so from the base of uh Denali up up to we was up there and uh that's where the mosquitoes damn they took us and picked us up and flew away with us and that was a battle there and you talking about raccoons in Florida fuck I don't know what they call them damn things they were bandits they were no fucking raccoons they were fucking outlaws but you know the trees I mean, a massive amount of trees, and it was hard to get into somewhere mosquito wouldn't be because they had so many trees that blocked the sun. You find a little piece of sun, you'll go run to it. And, you know, wherever the sun wasn't all shining, the mosquitoes picking at you. So you learn fast with all kind of ointment and shit to use for skin so soft. They had so many damn recipes up there for so many uh, uh, antidotes for damn mosquitoes. And skin so soft was one of them, and I could not stand the smell of that shit. But when it came to mosquitoes, <laughs> I don't even know if it worked. And that's when I started actually eating garlic, looking into uh, natural remedies for different things. And I started eating garlic, and, you know, they kind of left me alone eating garlic. Um, I hadn't eaten garlic in a while. I ate some other day. It gave me a fucking massive heartburn. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. But, you know, Alaska is where I started eating that garlic and then, you know, didn't have any problems with uh, mosquitoes anymore. If you eat it on a regular basis. And, um, but the fucking trees there. And I remember, you know, it threw me off when we first drove up there because the first time we went up to Alaska, um, it was uh, still cold. I think we left in March, right after Mardi Gras. And, you know, zigzags ended up there in March latter part of March or mid-March. And I was actually kind of early to be there because the season, salmon season, it starts to June. March or that April, May, and June. Middle June, July for sure. But we were up there early, so we worked actually from the beginning, like with the herrings and the cod, the halibut, the cod again, and uh, some other season was in there. But, you know, it was actually really interesting work. And, you know, I... I felt good actually doing the work, you know, I felt good being out. And uh, when there wasn't any work, we uh, would take, uh, you know, do things. Uh, went out on the boat once to Puffin Island. The little funny birds, I don't think fly, scoot around, feel sorry for them. Uh, went out there where they got a bunch of seals hanging out, you know. Saw uh, killer whales, but you know, you see killer whales a lot of places. I see killer whales in Oregon on Oregon coast. They like hang out there by Dubo or what that is, Depot Bay. And uh, that little rest area around there, you see them up and down there. But you know, I, uh, Alaska is just fucking amazing. I uh, used to get on a highway coming from Anchorage and uh, going towards Seward and then you go turn right on, forget the Homer Highway. Go down there to Homer to the spit. 
uh, Salty Dog, I guess everybody talk about that, but I went down there once and I had to visit them. Yeah, remind me of a whole bunch of, uh, uh, like the bars in New Orleans, so the mean, you know, just coming from working in bars in New Orleans, you know, I, I did. But, um, I mean, Anchorage itself, any city USA got a beautiful fucking view. Um, but, I mean, you gotta go. But the earthquake is still evidence on the fucking highway of the earthquake. Uh, so, but, you know, Alaska was huge. I never did see all of it. I never did see a lot of it. I saw where I was pretty much grounded because I, for one, don't fly, uh, don't get on boats in the boat that I did get on and just went out to Resurrection Bay on a beautiful day. And, you know, Alaska didn't have the type of weather like down in Louisiana or the south where a thunderstorm pop up and then, you know, fuckers come up missing, you know. What happened to them? We didn't went out where? What? They ain't come back. Uh, did anybody report them? But they ain't like that. Not, you know, going out to in the bay. Though, I mean, it could rain. I mean, fucking rain all the time. Probably rain the day we went out there. But, you know, I found, you know, if you dress for the weather and, you know, they got pretty, <laughs> pretty light clothes. But in Alaska, you really didn't want nothing too light. Not during the summer too, especially when it rained, because I mean, shit. It, sometime it didn't get over uh, 50 degrees. If it was a rainy week, shit. But you know, you get kind of used to it, and then you know you're going inside this place and work this warehouse type bit, deal icicle. Uh, it's just like one big warehouse, like a Sam Market, divided into different sections where they had the. Um, the cold storage was in the back where they use alcohol or what was that, ammonia. You know, if it ever start leaking, you got to run. Always have the safety meeting. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't never drive into this. Uh, and if this happened, you hear this, go that way. But at the same time, hit the button, uh, da, da, da. And that was cold storage where they picked up, the trucks picked up and dropped off the supplies like the boxes and bags or whatever we used to put the fish in um thing about back dock justin used to run back dock that first year because i worked back dock a while you know you got to work everything until salmon season starts so if you want to work you're going to do that and that first year i worked uh after uh working on the docks you know you you work on a dock and then you don't work no more while back docks working so if there's not that many people around you can get them out so that's what i was doing ended up working on back dock and breaking things and what they used to do is take the fish according to size and everything put them on racks put them in these super cold freezers and uh heads and all you know i think they'd be gutted i'm not even sure about that shit uh but put them in there on these racks and i mean be fucking it depends on the orders or how many came in they're not on the orders because they're gonna process them anyway because they're gonna find buyers i mean it don't sit around so once they in there maybe overnight the next day you come through they break them now they got this like tub thing set up 
where at one end you break these things off the racks. They put them up, you up on a little platform, uh, a little conveyor, then a little jack that raise this up to your level. You're breaking these things, you know, uh, taking out each shelf, and there's maybe about 12, 15 shelves, and each maybe have it depends on the size, but a nice size fish, you got 10 on each rack, and you break them. You know, you got to bounce the thing, break them, they pop loose, and you take this and put them on this table, all them stuff falling on the table, and then you take them in the table and let them run through a, a cold water wash. And what this does is seal them. And uh, it's like a natural sealing. They freezing cold, so when they pick up this ice cold water and that water just seals around them like a bag and keep them fresh and send them through there, raise it up, and then dip them in again, and raise it up and dip them in again, and then they come along on the table, and then according to size, they you know, separate them, depends on what they're doing. They may put them all in one rack together, or one big huge box, depends on the grade, or put them in huge bags, or not huge bags, sort of like a sandwich bag, a loaf of bread. Uh, maybe as long as a French bread bag, but not as thin, why? Wide enough for a fish, and these fish shit maybe six, seven to 10, 12, 15 pounds each, depends. I mean, I've seen, these were big fish. Cause there's some big fish, and um, you don't see these fish. <laughs> In your in your kitchen, <laughs> not like that, but I mean, cause they're black, and I think they think they're ugly fish. But I thought they were some massive, beautiful fish too, you know. Cause we used to go into when we were unloading them, they would have some ships that had the water. Some of the boats would come in with the water in there, and the fish live. More money for live fish, I think. Uh, or some would have them where they would take the fish and put them on ice. Just dump them on ice, lay them on ice, and no matter what, we had to take them out, unload them. Now, if there was water, it was easy to unload. If it was ice, that shit was fucking heavy and cold because you had to use shovels to get the ice out and shit, you know. But if they had the water, you know, it was a lot better. They would just drain the water. They'd send a basket down there. we throw it in the basket, and that was it. But still cold, but not like the fucking water, though. But in back dock, you know, they would, after they would freeze them, then uh, set them through the wash and then bag them, and they would put them back in the freezer somewhere until they were sold or make them the order or put them in boxes, certain amounts of certain, uh, certain pound, certain many to certain uh, boxes for the poundage and where they was going too. And, you know, they also did some packing for other companies I've found, you know, not now, but. <laughs> I found that later on my second trip there because I got a little more involved in back dock. I didn't, wasn't planning on staying that long. But I did a little bit of every part of back dock uh, except for the weighing, the scaling. I didn't I didn't go forward that way. By the time, you know, I could have worked, not worked my way around because I just was interested in seeing everything about the shit. Just see how it fucking ran. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thing. I just wanted to see how this shit run, you know, and put it all together in my mind. Mm, and, 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 and it's actually very interesting. And, you know, they would 
I know now that it was either if they were going to boxes, they toast they call them these big fucking uh, cardboard toasts they set up. 500 pounds, the pallet and uh, box itself weighing like 80 something pounds, 90 pounds, 100 something pounds, and then you're putting like a thousand pound of fish on top of that. Um, they would do that with halibut too. Um, but, you know, and they, I saw how they did it, do it the scale and everything, mark it off, boom, because I was close to that my second trip there. And, uh, that was that was just part of the work there. Um, so from there, I went to uh, from back dock. I don't think I went anywhere else other than uh, 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 what was that? The fish house. But you know, I described the fish house, and you know, the fish house was in the room by itself. Not no, not really. Fish out was in the room with the canner, the canning. Canning was. If you walked in there from the dock, you would walk in there in the fish house would be right here. And maybe width of 50 feet or maybe even wider. But on the other side of that line, like on the other side of the plant, if you was to split the plant in half, would be uh, um, canning. And you know, that was noisy when it was running, and you know, shing, 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 like a cannon line. And that's where they would take the fish, uh, process it, you know, I think it'd be cut up already or some way, and they would can it and, you know, send it through the cooker and everything else, you know, after they seal it and everything else, that's another way they seal it. And uh, that was actually interesting. I never worked over there. But it was just fucking noisy, you know. And most of that job was just standing in one spot. The people who did it year after year thought it was pretty easy, and I guess to them it was. And I mean, and you know, the uh, the thing about the money there each year, if you stayed there, you know, you got raises on time, <laughs> not on performance, time in promotions and time or up with mobility to different things or you'd take a pay crease if you took a lesser job now but you always had the opportunity they more or less hired from within and uh isaac was a massive place it, i'm not sure if it, it is today too still pretty much a massive company and they um promoted within um angela she uh actually ended up running this one of their uh, smoke houses in the uh in seattle Oh, God, that fucking fish was so good. Smoked tuna or smoked salmon. Fuck is thought shit. And, uh, yeah, I I loved it. But, you know, Icicle was a big part of Alaska to me, you know, because I uh, fell into that. And, you know, imagine me sitting on the docks because... Their dock wasn't that big. They had a crane on the dock. A uh, ship would roll up. They could hold probably two, three boats uh, on the stern side or whatever side comfortably. And then had another slip where they could have put one long ways or two long ways or one more long, short ways, long ways. But it was, you know, they had where they could tie them off as they waited for us to... Unload them in some there were times when we had boats sitting there waiting. I used to be so fucking tired, but I I made that money. 
I ain't never shied away from the money because, you know, you do it once, hell. Ain't nobody going to want you no more. They can't count on you. Ain't not, I mean, not so much that because they know you were tired and sometimes they gave you breaks, you know, because you had some pretty good supervisors up there in the 90s, 93. And I mean, they called that the mild temper times because, you know, they those, most of those people was back there in the, 70s or the 60s, and you know, they was like, You should have been back in when this shit was on. Like, I believe you. Glad I wasn't. But the um, thing was, it, it wasn't hard work. It was, some of it was all like unloading the boat, and they paid you well for that. Um, and you know, you, it was people, so you got to know a lot of people. A lot of people came up there wanderers. I remember the first year, there was a lot of cool people, a lot of bullshit people. <laughs> That's just it. it was people, all kind of characters. And uh, uh, you know, I being one of the few blacks, a lot of people thought they, you know, would talk to me. And you know, I. Talk to everybody. Don't get me wrong now. Ain't that nobody come and talk like crazy because nobody did. Though there were times when, you know, I said in the boy, motherfucker was saying, say nigga. I'm like, no, he didn't. And I was just about to leave, too. I sat there a little long. And, okay. And then I heard it again. I'm like, oh, fuck. Give me another beer. <laughs> and I sat there and let them know I'm looking at them. And, you know, like a fool, young fool I was, 30-something years old. And I, uh, when they got up to leave, I got up too. Let them go to the door, see which way they was going, and got up and walked right behind there. Like, I was a badass. But I was a big dude then, you know. I was 250-something pounds eating that fucking food in that cookhouse. And fucking, boom. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't skinny. I wasn't like 180. I was fucking big, you know, working out on a bike and, you know, doing my thing, you know, working on the job and not scared shit. I was developing pretty good. A little late in life, but, you know, I took it. <laughs> so, uh, I uh, followed them, and they know I followed them. They crossed the street, I crossed the street. They go out of the way, I go out of the way. You motherfucker. They turn back and just stand up there. I turn around and just stood up there. I ain't move them, go across the street or nothing and watch them. And they just stood still, waited for me, and then they walked off. And I just walked out of the way of my pussies. And, but I was, I was dumb. That was that one beer, one beer too many. Uh, but, you know, other than that, you know, I've never had a problem in Alaska, especially the second time I went up there. Uh, the second time I went up there, <laughs> ended up uh, up in Whittier, caught the ferry up there. And when I, uh, there was no bus or nothing going through there because I got there pretty early. So there was no bus or anything going through there. And I uh, ended up waiting, couldn't get a bus because my phone, they didn't have no phone, so I went ahead on and uh, was walking towards the tunnel, coffee shop and everything else. I went to that cannery over there. They wasn't hiring yet, 
or I got to waste a certain time to talk to a certain person. But then I went over there and they're not hiring. And I'm like, these motherfuckers. So I went ahead on and I was walking towards the uh, tunnel. You know, there's tunnels going through this mountain. The train come through there because they got the, uh, the train come through there. Part of Alaskan Highway. And see, that's what the ferry is, the Alaska State Highway. And uh, that's what I caught up there. I think it took six days. Nice fucking ride. I camped out on the uh, on the deck. Well, not outside, but inside. And they could turn the temperature up or down. And uh, I met some of the crew there, some some of the bloods there. One dude from San Diego. A couple of them from San Diego. Little, uh, little couple of company boys got their shit together, you know, working their job. Can't smoke, regretting the fact that they can't smoke and they ain't worried about that, you know, because they uh, got good jobs and got a little security for the future. But, you know, maybe now they can smoke. But shit, the shit was uh, legal in Alaska then when I went up there and they couldn't smoke because it's actually more than part of Alaska. But Washington, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. But no, uh, I had my uh, sleeping bag and uh, I just slept on the... Uh, on one of those deck chairs, long deck chairs in a closed off deck. There's, you know, other people had doing the same thing. Had a locker, just threw all my possessions in a locker and just slept in there. Uh, mostly in the daytime, would sit up in a nice, cool, comfortable uh, deck room where you could see where the ship going. You could see the log for the ship and all the information. And uh, it was actually really cool. And I mean, you know, that's a ride. And I paid 700 for that, for that. But, you know, inside the cabin and shit, it fucking been a hell of a lot more. And not even that, bringing my car would have been, like, phenomenal. Because I priced that as, like, fucking $4,000 to bring my car up there. Not not just any car, too, because the price range with the axle, the width, and everything else. So I uh, just went up there with my, uh, didn't he, I left the car, actually, in El Paso when I went up there the second time. Uh, with the mechanic, because I wanted some work done to it. And I um, went ahead on and uh, went up there, and it was on the, on the ferry. And once I got to the tunnel, you know, it didn't get to the tunnel. Like 250 feet before you get to the tunnel, there's like a railroad crossing. And uh, I wasn't going to walk through the tunnel. I knew better than that because I'm fucking not that brave at all anyway. I know this tunnel going to be more than a mile long, and I'm not walking my black ass in no black ass tunnel. Uh, and no telling when the fucking uh, earthquake might happen <laughs> up there in Alaska. So I just went ahead on and was walking towards and was going to wait and maybe hitchhike out. That's what somebody has suggested. And next thing you know, police come there. I'm like, oh, shit, dude, first day in Alaska, he go to police. So I uh, look, <laughs> I walk back to him. He said, hey, how you doing? Because actually the damn uh, uh, entrance to the tunnel closed, big old huge doors, slid closed. <laughs> Sound like the monster doors or something like that, those steel doors in Maxwell Smart. Uh, and I uh, went ahead on and uh, looked and turned back. Cause when the doors closed, I know what they was closing for. And I turned back and went to the uh, 
what? Motherfucker pulling up alongside here. Anyway, I had uh, turn, saw the police and turned back and uh, cause once the thing closed, I was going back and sit on the uh, on the railing on the where the guard thing was, where the arm was. And I saw the police and I just walked to the car. He met me there, he met me walking and big smile on his face. Hey, how you doing? I was like, Hey, how are you doing? I said. I wasn't gonna walk through it. <laughs> and he smiled, started laughing. And uh, we talked a while. I told him where I was going and uh, why I was going this way. <laughs> he said, well, look, you're gonna have to stand on the other side. He said, look, if, if I'm going to make my rounds, I'll be back in about 25 minutes. Uh, and the town wasn't that big, but you know, he doing police work, got to stop and check his doors and shit. I think it was a Saturday. And, um, he said, if you don't get a ride by the time I come back, I'll go ahead and get your ride through. <laughs> he said, but stay on this side. I said, okay, cool. And I went ahead on and uh, stood up there, and a little dude came through there. A young white boy came through there. Maybe 25, 30, somewhere around there. One of those stoners, you know, one of those Republican stoners. And this motherfucker was, he was against gays. He was all about Trump. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, to each his own way. I just rode with the shit, you know. I mean, because I'm like, dude, I smell weed in here. I said, is is it that damn legal? He said, yeah, you smoke. I said, yeah, but I just came to town, and I, I, which I did. But the thing about it was, in Seattle, I had actually picked up uh, uh, some weed. Now, by the time I got to Seattle from uh, uh, El Paso, I hadn't smoked in about five days, maybe six days. Cause, uh, and then once I got to Seattle, you know, cause I was catching a ferry out of Billingham. I picked up a bag of weed in Seattle, went and walked, you know, I used to live in Seattle, I went around my old stomping ground and I got so fucking high off of some Girl Scout cookie. Oh my God, I must have smoked maybe a quarter of that weed and I was so fucking high, I was paranoid. Made me change my plans and leave that night. And I went up to Billingham uh, that night, caught the train, one of those uh, commuter trains, up the old Amtrak commuter, to uh, Billingham, checked in the hotel and uh, slept that shit off. On the ride up there on the, on the uh, ferry, I didn't smoke on the ferry. No, I didn't even let no, them know I had it. But anytime the ferry stopped, <laughs> I went and took a walk offshore if I had the time, and, except for in Canada. I didn't have a passport then, or a new passport. And uh, smoke a little bit, come back, and make, if it was an hour, well, two hours stop, I had a little time to go out there get high. If it was maybe six hours stop, I go out there fast, come back, eat a little bit, mess around, then go out there right before they come back and get buzzed again, and come back and bump. once they set sail again, I'm good. And that high usually lasted, fuck for 12, <laughs> at least 12 hours. But you know, it was a pretty good ride up there, put the uh, uh, puzzles together and 
<clears throat> that time because they had a lot of puzzles and I was sitting there putting puzzles together and a lot of people came start talking because of the puzzle. Oh fuck. So I'm uh, going up there putting these puzzles together, people talking, and there was this Indian or this native from up there. Stop. And you know, I, he, from what he tell me, he was pretty successful and stuff, got into different things, you know, pretty cool. You know, we talked, had good rapport and his wife as well, you know. And uh, I mean, it was the trip up there was a week. So, you know, we actually, me sitting there doing this puzzle, everybody came there and started talking to me. You know, the black man, everybody going to talk to this man, right? I mean, I got along with everybody. <laughs> Uh, I was always guarded because some of them was pretty kind of crazy and I don't know what they was hinting on and so I because uh, I, I just couldn't determine a lot of their friendliness sometimes so I uh, anyway, if I talked to anybody it didn't matter to me, I wasn't getting personal with anybody, I wasn't uh, getting fresh or whatever, I wasn't hitting on nobody I wasn't even worried about that kind of shit so, but the thing was uh, once we got off in Whittier uh, these people, you know a lot of these Indians have their shit parked here and then, or either they was up, had their car on the ferry, and it's a lot cheaper for the Indians, I think to travel with their cars on the ferry around from uh, different places. And I know they came in on Alaska, uh, what's the name of the first fucking stop where it was a layover. I had to stay about uh, 24 hours layover. And you know, we didn't wait on another boat. So, um, and I slept in a park that night. And I was, oh God, I went to uh, fucking a state park miles and miles away. I was laden with bags and I had two bags, three bags. And I went to that fucking parking, just got, started getting rid of shit. And I burned shit. I burned shit because it was cold and I started burning shit. I'm like, look, I don't need this. And I got a fire going. It was a little uh, uh, fireplace then. I, uh, um, started burning shit I didn't need. I had some newspaper. Got it burning with some toilet paper, actually. And they had a couple came up there talking about they just got married in Seward and stuff. So I'm like, get the hell out of here. I said, I got married in Seward the first time I was here. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And we ended up talking. And I'm like, look, I'm uh, like a long way out. I need to get back to town where I got the ferry because I didn't trust being out there. At night, I just had the one-man tent and I'm sure I'd have been fine, but you know, I didn't have dog or shit. And I mean, that was bear territory. So I got a ride up back with them. I had one bag then. Uh, and then I uh, waited around for the ferry, ferry for the next day. And that ferry, I mean, you know, I hung up by the store too, and they knew I was hanging out at the store waiting on the ferry, so didn't buy because that's one of the things about Alaska. You know, the people come and people go, and they know everybody can't afford a room per se or would want to rent a room. And then I just went over to the ferry place uh, until they opened up because, I mean, you know, it wasn't really. Uh, it was still, you know, getting dark, but not late dark early light too so I mean I went up there but then 
you know, the second time, that was the second time. And uh, the ferry ride was fucking phenomenal. Uh, but when we got there and that guy and his wife were pulling off, I was over at the coffee place. And his wife's and wife was fucking nice as hell. They both were until, you know, this, like the wife, guy didn't next me. He didn't want to, he didn't want to even get close to even having to offer a ride or anything close to and, and his wife said, well, hey, are you going where you going? I'm going to sewer. I need to get through this tunnel now. And the wife said, well, we got it. And can we get my right? And the man turned around and said, well, we don't have no room. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, okay, thanks a lot. And the lady looked at her husband and could not believe her husband said that. And she sat back quiet and didn't say nothing, didn't even look at him. And, you know, she said, sorry. By. And you know, she, you could see the shame on her face. And I'm like, dude, fuck it. That's okay. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, I didn't say it like that. I'm like, ah, oh, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, that was it. But then, you know, I uh, jumped on that. Uh, I finally got through the low stone to pick me up, got me through the tunnel, brought me actually to the highway. Uh, Seward Highway and actually gave me some weed, fucked like a quarter of weed and smoked the one with me to a bowl and going on about Trump, glad about drumming. I'm like, oh, fuck. But that's okay, that weed was good. And I got on that highway, tried to hitchhike to Seward and nobody picked my black ass up. So I'm like, fuck, man. I had to walk two miles back to where I got dropped off at and was going back towards uh, Whittier when the guy in the bus picked me up. Long story short, I ended up getting this bus to Anchorage because my tooth was damn bothering me then and it was absent. So I had, wasn't chance going to uh, Seward. So I went to uh, Anchorage, checked into um, the pilot, a bent pilot, Bent propeller, maybe, and uh, the single room. And I remember in that and uh, took care of that abscess too. Smoked some dope. I think I spent two nights in that. And then ended up taking the train down the sewer. Um, once I got down the sewer, I went there and filled out some application, waited around because I didn't know nobody in Icicle Den. They didn't just hide me right away. <laughs> But if I'd known Charles was working at the damn plant manager, I'd have stepped up that way, but I had no idea. And I was exiting for I'm saying, Mike, Mike, not Mike, Mike, Mike. And so, but anyway, he uh, ended up getting on, you know, and on a wait, whole crew, you know, show up here, check this time to see if you got any opening, any jobs and stuff. And I, um, was sitting there one day and saw him. And that's when I got in. Everybody was like, what? You know Charles? I say, I've been telling you, motherfucker. <laughs> but the thing was, that's when uh, it was like, but and then I saw Mike. Mike, uh, whatever his name is, who run uh, 
the uh, machines, machinists up there in the uh, fish house. But then, you know, I, um, then I saw Eddie, then I'm like, okay, Eddie. Oh, Eddie's my witchcraft story. But uh, that ferry ride was good. Took that train down there. And I ended up, I uh, had this little one-man tent. Ended up sleeping uh, in that uh, park right there off the bay for $10 a night. And I did that for about, uh, shit, about 15 nights until I got on. And then once they knew who I was or Charles introduced me, I got in there and said, hey, Charles, can we open up uh, Tent City now? So you want to live there? I'm like, yeah, I don't want to pay no fucking rent nowhere because, you know, I wasn't trying to pay no damn rent nowhere. And I ended up going there and uh, putting this tent up. I was the first ones in the tent there. And from there, you know, I hung around there. Uh, eventually uh, got me my phone. My phone number was, number was still loose, so I was able to pick that up. And, and you know, I... Uh, Went to work there. Worked in the back dock with this, with Lee and those tick two dickheads. And then move around, you know. Uh, again, I just thought they was, everybody was pretty fucking childish in the, in the crew, you know, instead of being adults and working for a job. But then that ain't me to, for me to say. Times have changed. Times have definitely changed there. And uh, not like they used to be. But, you know, we used to have big bonfires when I was first there. After the season was over, it started getting slow. They used to have the halibut cheeks because they used to cut the heads off. And we would cut them cheeks out and when people would go over there, cut them some cheeks, cut them some cheeks. And, you know, it was a lot of lemon pepper, uh-uh. Lemon pepper cheeks, put them low cheeks on the grill, but they used to have these massive bonfires. And um, when I, I love smoke then. And what I mean, I love the smell of a fucking real campfire then. And I got hooked on that shit for some years. And um, even despite my sinus and everything, I always be hacking me. <laughs> after but that damn smoke could linger on you forever and you know I just loved it you know it showed the woods but um we would uh drink smoke sit out there and uh cook those cheeks and enjoy the end of the season and did that there up in town they had the little pavilion used to do it up there sometimes had a coffee shop People who was a sophisticated ones go to the coffee shop. Coffee shop had just started, kicked off when we had went up there, I believe. It, it grew now. I mean, well, not so much grown. It's still there. But uh, kind of sewer has grown now. Sewer got an aquarium and shit now. Uh, from the last time I was there, and that was, like I say, in 2016 or 17, 16. But uh, no, Alaska, fuck, I would say everybody should go there. Them trees are fucking massive and huge. Oh, I didn't mention the fucking Devil's Claw. And you was we would sit in Tent City and uh, you could look up the mountain. And you could do this driving through Alaska on the highway. You look up and on the side of any mountain you'll see some red shit. And you know, as it got later during the season, it get redder, redder and spread out more and more and more. But as you learn how to, as you do any hiking, you find out 
on without even doing hike, and that was uh, what they call Devil's Claw. And these, I forget the, na another name for it, they call it. But this shit was fucking toxic. <laughs> you know, you could go hiking and you stayed on the trail, but if you got off the trail and run across some of that shit, and it scratch you, you know, it'd get one stuck to you, the claw, and then, you know, just by handling it would leave welts and everything. I mean, really bad welts uh, on you. I've seen some shit there. I've seen somebody with fish poison in the hand, you know, like, fuck. That's something I don't want. So, I, you know, that was a, well, I always knew about the hazards of fish, so. But I made sure then after I saw that shit, like, okay, this shit really ain't no shit to play with. But Alaska was an experience, you know. And I, um, God, I am so glad I, I, I went. And that's why I went again, you know, this great adventure. Second time didn't play out so well. I could have went anywhere. Took my money and fucking sailed to Hawaii for all that. What are you doing? You better not be puking in here, girl. Or you playing with that thing. That's what you're doing. But, um, I remember the days in Alaska as we got there would be dark at night and all of a sudden it get lighter, lighter, lighter. And you know, you, if you're working and you're working so hard, you don't even notice. You know, you're getting off work 11 o'clock at night and it's just twilight. Wake up in the morning, it's the same twilight. But as soon as you turn your back at work, it's daylight and it stay daylight and it stay daylight and it stay daylight until it's twilight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, see northern lights you know and you usually saw that when you got there early around march or during the winter and the latest we ever stayed up there was october and it was biting cold and that did they i think one time uh but the last time i was there i left shit i left july 13th right after uh fourth of july i've had enough of them i made my money made three thousand dollars you know i didn't want to make too much money being on Social Security. So I made my money and uh, I left. Uh, caught that ferry back, went to New Orleans, and after four days there, ended up telling everybody to go fuck itself. But Alaska, hey, I tell you, I never, growing up, thought, <laughs> I swear, never imagined growing up in a project that I go to Alaska, not just go there, go there and drive there. I know what I had done was not extraordinary, but for me, it's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> and that's an experience, you know, I wish the hell more had, you know, come from a place like, I mean, cause you can do anything you wanna. You know, I, I know that sounds like a cliche, but I don't even mean it like that. You fucking literally can't. You got to be careful, really. We know this. We know you got to be fucking careful in this world. But uh, you can actually do what you want. Uh, be a little guarded with things. Keep your uh, <laughs> keep your gun handy. Make sure you go somewhere where guns are legal. Uh, and pretty much anywhere in the United States, they're legal, you know. Except for cities. 
That's where they're trying to get the gun from. But, and you know, the only thing you got to worry about guns in Alaska is the wildlife mostly. Though they got some crazy motherfuckers up there, you know. But some, most of the crazy are pretty homeless because they had the one guy, I fucking saw this guy with dreadlocks before anybody, Festus or somebody, not Festus, he looked like Festus. I can't think of this boy's name. He used to be on a bike. He had family there too. Family in Alaska took care of him, looked out for him, but nobody fucked with him. But this old dude had uh, uh, had a hat on like a beaver hat, not beaver, but one of those pullover hats flop on his ear. He had dreads, had a long fucking beard with dreaded up, and it looks pretty scroungy. But, you know, that motherfucker be on that bike and be fishing out his fish basket poles and everything else. Always got fish. Them little dollies, I think he liked the dolly. I forget his fucking name. But yeah, he was uh, he was one of the uh, characters of the place and nobody, you know, fucked with him. That's like Frank was. Frank was with his damn dogs. Miss Daisy or whatever name. And um, Frank was the character because Frank was a weed man there too. Weed, hash. And, you know, Roger, his wife. Um, I don't know too many other people who was there, I'm sure. A lot of people worked at the plant. Well, not a lot of, few of the people worked at the plant, started living up there in Seward. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I really couldn't do it. But Alaska, to me, was, I didn't, like, again, I didn't see nearly, nearly as much of it. And I saw a little more of it as I went up there on the ferry because I saw more of the coast. Whittier, I never got to Whittier. Now I did. So, but anyway, Alaska, love the place, and uh, but I don't think I'm going there again. Later.